Welcome to Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. We talk about stress. Everybody's got it. Everybody feels it. Big question is, what do you do with it? How do you get it handled so you can be your best, do your best, and most importantly, feel your best in all areas of your life? Well, that's what our podcast is all about. I'm your host, Spring Griffiths, along with registered psychologist, Dr. Gans Ferentz. How are you doing today? I am great today, Bryn. Excellent. We have an interesting topic on board. It's called, Who Looks After Your Parents? (laughs) I've always been a firm believer that at some point as you age through your life, you stop becoming the kid and you become the parent and your parents become more like the kids. Is that fair? It's, 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 yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, uh, that's kind of the crux of what we're going to be talking about today, right? Because there are many, so many of us now, especially if you're in your 40s or 50s, who you're in that sandwich generation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're looking after kids. Um, maybe they're about to be launched. Maybe they're still young. But if, you're, if your parents are still around and if they're like, you know, I need some help, you're, so you're in the middle. You're squeezed, right? You're looking after the people on the lower end. You get looking after people on the higher end, right? And so there are certain ways of approaching it and ways of looking at this that are going to work better than others. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about that uh, today because, you know, I've had, I've, I've worked with a few clients and families and stuff that are going through this and it can cause a lot of um, friction within the families if, if people don't have the right mindset around this. Everybody talks about the will. Do the folks have a will done? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Power of attorney. Somebody's mm-hmm. got to take the lead. And if, if you're one of maybe three or four kids, you got you better work that out pretty fast, huh? It's one that's this is exactly one of those things, right? It's to to talk to have that seemingly tough conversation with the parents, right? And I, you know, I think just realistically it's good for anybody to have their will and their personal directive and all the stuff taken care of as well, power of attorney. But uh but especially as parents start to age, it's to start to talk to them about, okay, well what what mom dad, what would you like to have happen here? How, how are, how would you like your affairs to be handled? Um, not just, you know, if you pass away, but before then, what do we need to do? What are sort of the limitations that we need to look at in terms of the care you get? What do you want to have done with your money? Uh, who do you trust to look after certain things and look at and make certain decisions for you if you can't make those decisions yourself? And not just on a, in a legal sense though, Bryn, yeah. it, it's, it's also in an emotional sense, Right. Because, you know, I've had, I've had several families that I've talked to where there's, there's a little bit of a, a situation where the, the, the parent or parents need like more physical help, uh, whether it's to cook or to clean or, you know, maybe medical help in the home or if they have to be in a facility or whatever. And there's, there's, there's a little bit of disagreement or, or misunderstanding around who should do this. Right. Right. And so sometimes there's the expectation either by the person who needs the help that this should be done by my spouse or my kids or whoever, or sometimes as the kids or the spouse that feels, okay, this is my responsibility. 
And so that if, if there's a mismatch in what is expected and it's never been talked about, then then there can be a lot of um, unnecessary stress that people feel because they're trying to fulfill something that has not been clearly defined or there's they they feel that there is this expectation on them that they're not ready or willing to to fulfill. And so I always say make agreements don't make assumptions, right? So always have that open honest conversation so that people can actually know where you stand as a parent, but also as the caregiver as a as a child. Let make sure you have that conversation with your siblings. Make sure you have that conversation with your parents, so you know what um, what they expect, and also what they know what you expect, and then you negotiate from there. Forget about the inherence, the inheritance part of it, uh, and what you would gain if your parents passed away. But is is finance the biggest struggle people deal with before we get to that point for a lot of well, families? It- Interestingly enough, no, that's not what it is. Okay, it's actually it's actually the care, the the actual physical care, and you know, like you know, should this person still drive? Should they stay in their home? Um, is it you know, does somebody need to be in a bigger facility? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just speak my my own situation. So um, my father passed away when he was sixty. So you know, there wasn't like there was some um, end of life stuff we had to deal with with him. But my mom, she's still around, and she's like 96. And I remember that um, there was there was a lot of tension within the family um, because mom wanted to stay in her home, but she couldn't manage it anymore. She right. couldn't manage it like herself, and we tried to have family members live with her or other people live with her, and it, it was difficult. It wasn't working very well. And I remember when when we were trying to get her to go into a um, a retirement facility, she did not want to go. She was dead set against it. And you know, my culture coming from the Caribbean, that's not something that we typically do. It's, it's typically you know the parents go and live with one of the family members, and you know it, it works out very differently. So, being being the person who kind of is you know, um, in charge of kind of making this happen, I had to be a little bit harder with her. Right. And I had to say, you know, and like you were saying at the top of the show, sometimes the roles flip and sometimes we have to be the ones taking care of our parents. And so I had to give her a little bit of an ultimatum to say, listen, this is the true situation. If you stay here, this isn't going to work because you're going to be sick or there's not going to be somebody to take care of you. So it's either this or you go into one of these facilities. Well, the the nice thing is, I mean, when she actually, when we actually, you know, did some work and took her to some of these places, she was like, "Wow, these are nice." It's like, yes. well, this is this is really, like, I kind of like this, right?" And what 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 was so funny, Brent, is that since she's been there, her health has gotten better, her emotional state has gotten better. She's so much more interesting, like as a person. She says this. That she 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 enjoys herself so much more, and she was she got there and she was running she was running like um, like I think two or three different social events a week. Oh yeah, right in in this little place with all her friends that you know, and and she's just having a ball. And sometimes we don't know because as we get older, it's so much easier for us to stay with what we know. We 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 almost have a. Um, we have a higher value on familiarity than we do on stuff that actually works for us. 
And so sometimes we need that stronger person, whether it's a child or, you know, uh, another family member to say, hey, mom, dad, I think this is going to be a big good move for you. Let's consider this or let's let's at least go check it out because it's going to be better. I lost my dad at the age of 29 and I lost my sister a couple of years later. Mm. My mom, who is as hard as nails, but I didn't know it at the time because she was uh, kind of a softy until some friends said, you'll be shocked at how tough she is. Mm -hmm. And I was. But exact same situation as what you're just saying. Uh, I eventually, she had developed aphasia, which is, uh, it's a memory issue. And, you know, for her, $20 was like $200. And she, we had to get her out of her house. Mm -hmm. Just too worried about things. Got her to an assisted living place where she was very independent. And she didn't want to go. And then mm-hmm. she got over there, and there were some friends from church. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, she said to me, I'm surprised. You know, I wish I had done this sooner. My mom said the same thing. <laughs> it's just, but it's tough on us to make that ultimate decision for them. When right. we, we know that they're going to love it, they're just not so sure, and you feel guilty about it. Nothing made me feel be- better as, as, as a, a caregiver or a child hearing your mom say, gee, I'm really enjoying this. Right. I didn't think I was going to. So people shouldn't be that scared about it. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing. And I think uh, working with the families I've worked with over the last little while here, one of the things that I think really does make it better for the person, you know, the, the, the old person, the, the parent, but also for the family, is if we can, if we can circle like everybody together and make sure that everybody is on the same page and, um, and hold to that line, that makes life a lot easier. And even if there's pushback, it does actually help if you're just solid with that commitment. Yes, this is what needs to happen. And yeah, there, there's going to be some pushback. There's going to be some adjustment. But once once the initial pushback is over, people can then settle in. One of the worst situations is when there's waffling, when there's back and forth. If somebody says, well, maybe you don't need to. Well, oh man, I feel guilty and maybe I shouldn't. And you know what I mean? And unfortunately even as you know kids of of aging parents we do have to make that tough choice sometimes mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily going to be easy for us we don't feel good about it necessarily but we do have to make it because once we make it it's it's doing what's best for our parents despite how we may feel in the moment whether it's guilty or whatever it is it's about doing giving our parents what's best so that they can have that but it's also, you know, making sure they have the care that they need to have from people who are professional in giving that care. Because one of the things, uh, and this is my psychologist actually reminded me of this. He said, yes, you, you, you're, you're a caring son. You want to make sure your mom has these things taken care of. But you don't necessarily have to take care of them yourself physically, right? You just have to make sure they happen because... It's far better for the, the professionals to take care of the medical needs. Right. And so that the family can take care of the emotional needs. Because there are more people, not, not anybody, but, you know, professional people can take care of the physical needs. But only the people who are connected to them can take care of the emotional needs. And so, th- so you, you can't wear yourself out or bring yourself out doing all the physical stuff. And then, you know, then not be there to be able to take care of some of the emotional stuff. Because... Not only does, you know, is that 
rob both of you guys of that relationship that could be there. But it also, um, you know, if you, if it's taken too far out, it can actually lead to like elder abuse and resentment and all sorts of other stuff like that too. Right. Funny mom passed away in 2003 and I don't think I've thought about it until just now. We put her into this environment where the social circle got bigger mm-hmm. and there were more fun things to do. And I remember how hurt I actually was where if I said, I'm going to drop over for tea tonight. Oh, no, you can't do that. It's movie night here. <laughs> That's right. I got plans, Bryn. What are you doing? And while it hurt me initially, after a little while, I had to recognize the fact that, no, this is exactly what I want to hear. Exactly. And it makes me feel better. It takes the stress off of me. She's not feeling any stress at all. She's yeah. going to be watching uh, the way we were on the big screen at, at down at the down at the uh, condo complex. So it's just I, I think that I, I just don't know who the stress is on in a situation like this. Whether it's on somebody like me having to push that onto my mom, or whether or not it's uh, it's going to be a happy time for my mom. I think we just naturally go there, but we build it into something bigger than it is. Do we not? We can, yeah. And, and listen, so again, sometimes there's sort of like cultural stuff or there's family stuff, the expectations or whatever. But, you know, really, really thinking about what would be best for them, and which includes what's best for you. Because like like for me, if I'm, if I'm not the primary caregiver, I mean, I have sisters and brothers that also help, right? But if I was, if I'm not in good shape, I'm not going to be in good shape for whoever I'm looking after. Right. So it goes back to all the me factor stuff that we talk, we keep talking about on this, on this program. You have to look after yourself. You have to make sure you're in good shape so that you can look after anybody else. So when I think about what's best for my mom, say, I have to think about, okay, well, not only what would she like, but what is, what is doable in my life? What can I do and still stay happy and healthy and focused? Because if I'm the only one that's, um, that she's relying on to take care of her, and something happens to me, well, then we both go down, right? Right. And that's not a really good, it's not a safe setup. It's far better for me to have two or three or five people that can interchange with me. So if one of us goes down, then there's other people to pull up the slack if they need to. But like I was saying before, even more importantly is if if somebody else who like is trained and, you know, if if, if they have the equipment to do the physical stuff, then I can actually be there to do the emotional stuff similar to what you're saying with your mother. Oh, well it's movie night. Well, good. Mom's watching movies. So now when I do go over, I'm a little bit like I, I want to go over now. It's not like an obligation. It's like, well, mom, I miss you. I'm like, I haven't seen you for two weeks. Cause you've been watching movies and hang out with your friends and you know what I mean? And so there's a richness that uh, you get to enjoy when you, when you do things in this way. Is there a concern? Let's say you're the lightning rod in my particular case. I think with you, we're it. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're the only one, but I always look at families where there might be three or four other kids and there's always that one that's doing all the work and the other mm-hmm. ones just kind of sit back and let it happen without getting involved. How, how do we keep it from turning into all the pressure being on one person as opposed to being spread out over three or four other kids? Yeah. And that's, that's a tough thing because you really can't force somebody else to do things in, in, a way that you would like them to, right? And, and this is why, like, and so my my best advice for parents, not just for kids, while you're functional, while you're able to make some decisions, get your kids together and actually talk to them about what you want, 
right? Get you get them together and say, hey, listen, this is what I think will work. Um, I've had numerous people that I've talked to who have done this with their families. They say, listen, we don't we we don't want you doing this. We want we want to have a relationship with you. So we don't want you to be the person or, you know, if it is a only child or if there's five or six of them, we don't want any of you guys feeling this weight to do this. If you want to do it, great. We'll accept it. It's wonderful. But only if you want to. And if it becomes onerous, please let us know and we'll figure out a different different way to do this, right? But if you can do that proactively up front as a parent, that helps cut off some of that same situation that you're describing that happens in families. The other thing is the, the, the siblings, the kids, right? They can actually sit down and talk, hey, what can we do? How can we do this? And how can we do this in a way that's fair? And now, inevitably, some people like either feel that it's their obligation that they should be doing this, or other people feel like, well, no, well, you have the free time, you should be doing this. But truly, it's each person, you know, what each person's capacity is to be able to do some of this stuff. The best thing to do is try to negotiate this ahead of time. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but many families wait until something happens to mom or dad, and then they try to figure it out because they tend to want to avoid that harder conversation earlier. This is a tough conversation, too, and I remember actually my mom brought it up about three years before she passed away, and it was, when my time comes, here's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. And I, immediately I started to recoil a little bit. You know, one of the things I love about our podcast is that we can share stories like this. Yeah. And we were talking about, the memorial service. Yeah. And she brought it up. So I went, okay, she's bringing it up. She wants to talk about it. Let's, let's have a tea because everything had a tea. Mm-hmm. When you're Welsh, uh, there's tea and there's cakes. But, and that also came up in the conversation. She said, I don't want the service to go longer than 45 minutes. If it does, you fail. And I started to laugh. Two, uh, there's a gymnasium in my church. It would be really great if everybody could go down there and have tea and cakes afterwards and share funny stories and make everybody feel really good and try to do it on a weekend so people can from out of town can get there and there's plenty of parking. And oh. we used to, and we laughed, right? Yeah. But that was not an easy conversation for me. For her, I, she was just ready to blurt it out and said, here's what I want. Do what you yeah. can and make it. I, I totally agree. I think having those conversations, the alleged tough ones, yeah. those are, that's vital. Absolutely. It's, it's critical. And it's, it's kind of like talking, talking to your kids about sex, right? It's like, if, if you make it weird, it's going to be weird, but it's, it's a normal part of life. Right. And so like, just like sex is a normal part of life, death is a normal part of life. Right. And, and it's, it's honoring when we can call out the, the pink elephant in the room and just like, let's talk about it. Okay, good. Now we talked about that. We can just have, keep having this conversation. And it's just another conversation at that point, right? Yeah. And, you know, so I want to bring up one more thing because, like, in certain, depending on where you are when you're listening to this, there there can be, um, you know, when you talk about personal directives, and that's that's our term in Canada for, you know, kind of like a living will or, or whatever um, in terms of what, what you want done uh, medically and that sort of thing. Um, so th- that is also a very, very important conversation because you do not want to have to guess. You do not want to have to guess about what somebody would want in terms of the care or any kind of heroic efforts or non-heroic efforts, right? Um, do, do we pull the plug on grandma? You know, you don't want that, that to be a decision that's not discussed. So having those types of decisions and those, that sort of, those types of discussions also extremely vital to do ahead of time. 
um, from a parent's perspective, if you're the parent, if you're the older or aging person, have this conversation with your kids. If you're the kid, have this conversation with your parents to figure out what are the limits. Some people do not want to be resuscitated. They do not want to sort of just be, um, to have no quality of life, but just be kept alive. Right. right. You know, and, um, you can save your family and your kids a lot of grief. If you are clear on what you want, you make that very well known because if you have more than one sibling, then it's going to be, well, no, we got to keep them alive. No, well, they're suffering. And you know what I mean? And then nothing happens and, and the, the, the kids are fighting and the parents are not enjoying their final days with their kids. and the, It's just a mess. So, yeah, have the conversations early. It adds stress. No denying that. That's what we talk about here on Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook. Just check out Ask Dr. Gans. Doctor, by the way, is DR. The other thing, too, is that you can check us out online at askdrgans.com. That's the website. And finally, on Twitter, here's the handle, at askdrgans. Couldn't be more simple than that. Thanks for your time today. This is a tough topic for yeah. a lot of people, and I've watched it either bring families together or divide families. It's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we have the opportunity to talk about it because it just, hopefully this opens people's eyes to this and, you know, and can start these conversations with siblings or with parents or with your kids or whoever to have those things ahead of time, because, you know, we want to be as proactive as we can, as much as we can. Make sure you drop us a line too, because we have a mission here, right? And that's to help as many people as possible. Absolutely. Share what you hear. And don't forget when you're online to check out our free resources as well, especially the free giveaways and that kind of stuff. So askdrgans.com. Great stuff today. Thanks for your time, and we'll talk on the next one. Always good to talk. Thanks for listening, guys. One, two, three. Listen. Listen.